0: Edition of the UK Law Weekly podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we're going to be looking at the case of In the Matter of an Application by Hugh Jordan for Judicial Review, and the citation for this case is 2019 UKSC 9. For those of you who tuned into last week's podcast, the events I'm about to describe will feel all too familiar. The gentleman mentioned in the title of this case, Hugh Jordan, is the father of Pierce Jordan, a former member of the Provisional IRA. In November 1992, Pierce was driving in Belfast when his car was shunted by an unmarked car carrying members of the Royal Ulster Constabulary, who are the precursor to the police service of Northern Ireland. Pierce was shaken by the hit and so stumbled out of the car and across the street, whereupon he was shot and killed by one of the officers without warning. Now one of the things that we discussed last week was that the right to life under Article 2 of the European Convention on Human Rights also contains a duty for deaths at the hands of the state to be fully investigated. This was not done promptly or effectively in the case of Pierce Jordan, and so his father Hugh brought an application before the European Court of Human Rights. That landmark case came to a conclusion back in 2001, with Jordan being successful and awarded damages. A new inquest took place during a single month in 2012, but that itself was challenged by Jordan, by way of judicial review, and once again he was successful. When you think about it, there is another obvious issue that also needs to be addressed in this context though. After all, Jordan had originally won his case in 2001, but it was more than 11 years later before the 2012 inquest even begun. It was on this basis that the current judicial review that we have before us today was brought. At first instance, Jordan was partially successful, but when the case went up to the Court of Appeal in Northern Ireland, something a little unusual happened, because it was decided that the case should be put on hold until the inquest had actually been completed. This was questioned before the Supreme Court, which is where we are picking things up. The key to understanding this case is to appreciate that human rights law sits at a level above normal procedural rules in the UK. Thus, if there has been a breach of a person's human rights, it is not as if this can be postponed or ignored until some other legal event has happened. Applying that to this case, it is not as if the breach of Article 2 doesn't exist until the inquest is actually complete. That would be an arbitrary fiction and ignores the breach which stands on its own. Meanwhile, the ability to bring a case is something that is itself preserved in statute law by virtue of the Human Rights Act 1998. On the other hand, it is important to note that this does not mean the courts are powerless. From a purely practical perspective the courts have to be able to manage caseloads and that sometimes involves taking actions such as putting proceedings on hold, but that does not mean aspects of the convention can be ignored. What this means is that human rights do not simply exist in the abstract as some esoteric ideal but need to be able to give people real recourse when they have been wronged. In this case that also involves engagement with Article 6 of the convention which deals with the right to a fair trial but also makes clear that proceedings should be resolved within a reasonable time. Furthermore, Article 6 also states that there is a right of access to the court system, and so there has to be consideration about how this can be granted in a proportional manner. Doing so requires a balancing act between, on the one hand, the effective management of caseloads so that the proceedings are dealt with efficiently, and, on the other hand, ensuring that people do get a legal remedy within a reasonable period of time. This has to include consideration of a range of factors surrounding the case, and so, in the one that we are dealing with today, even the fact that Hugh Jordan is himself in declining health was something that should have been taken into account. Unfortunately, it seems that the Court of Appeal did not give any thought to the human rights aspects of this case whatsoever, and so Jordan was successful in this appeal. The lawyer acting on behalf of the Jordan family spoke after the case and mentioned that the decision is likely to have far-reaching implications, And I think that this is generally correct. The result of this case sits alongside another recent decision in a similar case from the Northern Ireland Court of Appeal called McCord. And together they offer guidance on how these questions should be approached in the future, and in particular the balancing act that is necessitated. For most of the cases that we deal with on this podcast, we're often analysing substantive parts of the law, but it is important to note that the courts are also a central feature of the legal system, and that they too have rules to follow. Nowhere is this more true than human rights law, where the courts are specifically designated as a public authority, by dint of section 6.3a. Finally, there has been a real flurry of legal decisions recently that relate to Northern Ireland, and it would probably be remiss to bring up this subject and not mention the prospective prosecution of one of the soldiers involved in Bloody Sunday. It's very easy to see and understand the point of view from both of the sides involved. For the victims, it is obviously disappointing for only one soldier to be charged, and even if this leads to a successful murder prosecution, the sentence will not be significant. Meanwhile for the soldiers, all of this is so long ago and the veterans are now so old that there are serious questions about the value of the case at all. The fact that this discussion is only happening now in 2019 speaks to a much deeper truth about the operation of the legal system in respect of Northern Ireland. Over the years, there has been a concerted effort to undermine the search for justice in Northern Ireland, motivated by an almost unbreakable political will at the heart of the British establishment. It is sad that this utter disregard for the rule of law can take place in the UK, but it is even sadder when you know that it is the result of a deliberate campaign. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this episode of the UK Law Weekly podcast, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. Finally, I do want to mention before I go that my full course on family law is now available on my website at uklawweekly.com forward slash videos forward slash family. In that course, we cover a wide range of topics relating to marriage, civil partnerships, divorce, dissolutions of marriage, as well as a range of subjects relating to children, especially under the Children Act 1989, which we cover in significant detail. So if you want to check that out, that's uklawweekly.com forward slash videos, forward slash family. I'll be back with another case next week, but for now, bye.